welcome to another holiday special, but this time a Christmas one. Brought to you by the Windy City Dice Boys. Clickety-clack, <laughs> clickety-clack. And just like that, we got a special little Xmas treat for you. We're actually going to be having a, a guest DM this time. It's not me, it's not Tim, it's Bill that'll be taking the driver's seat today. So, sit back with a nice mulled wine after the kids are put to sleep, because you really shouldn't be exposing them to this kind of podcast. I mean, what's wrong with you? And, um, enjoy, as we're greeted by, um, our guest stars, um, Katie, and also our super fan, Matt, who was also nice enough to record this accordion session for us. So, without further ado, let's jump into the shenanigans. How's it about now? It's a bit better, I think. Yeah. yeah. You're still low, but it's better. I mean, I, I can boost it in post. How about now? Better. Way better. Oh, yeah. There we go. Well, it was at, it was at zero. <laughs> so I'm glad that it's better. Okay. I'm Welcome put to it Don't a... Call Us Heroes, where we're professionals. <laughs> am, I, okay. am, I, am I coming through okay, or do I need to get a uh, microphone or something? You're fine. Uh, You're fine. Loud and clear. Okay. You're echoey, but our fans have come to expect that. Yeah. Well, should I try my headset? Okay. So, uh, Katie, by the way, there's going to be a lot of this. I'm not shocked at all. Oh, yeah, you yes. know us. You the know good us. news. The good news is, is Katie's not some rando off the street. She knows all of us. Not the rando. All too well. And see me as I as I work. This is what I do at work. How does that make it sound better? Actually, yeah. Told you. Anyway, on that note, welcome everybody to a very special Christmas adventure of Don't Call Us Heroes, brought to you by the Windy City Dice Boys. Tim. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally your thing. You know what? I'm not a trained monkey. We don't get a... <laughs> I don't okay. perform on demand, Sean. Then, okay. Somebody then maybe, go throw peanuts at him. Then maybe our number one fan wants to go clickety-clack. Matt? I, uh, I, the last few episodes of Aries is pretty cute, so... <laughs> okay, everybody's failing me today. All right. Um, clickety they... clack, clickety clack. One more time, Katie. <laughs> clickety What's clack, clickety clack. No, don't talk when she's saying it, Kumar. <laughs> One more time, Corona Katie. Corona voice. Clickety clack, clickety clack. There we go. Okay. So, speaking of shit shows, guys, I got some bad news. I have been so busy with work. I haven't had a chance to come up with a game today. What? Yeah. Oh no. It's gonna take a Christmas. I don't know. I don't know Sorry. what this uh, Christmas is, but what about Xmas? You don't fucked us, Sean. Way to go. He says, waiting for the cue of the person DMing tonight. Ho ho ho. <laughs> Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, boys and girls. This is why we're not Welcome. even in the top 20. I'm oh. your host, Bill. You may remember me as the player behind Win Blackstar. Tonight, I will be transporting our players to a wonderful world of holiday adventure. My lovely assistant, Sean, will be playing one of the NPCs to help us make sure these folks stay on track. So, pour yourself a glass of nog, grab your chestnuts, and let's get going. Let's start with the players. Joining us this evening, we have Tim, Matt, yes. superfan. Hello. Kate, new to the show. Yep, hello. And then Kumar, uh, this is, you, you, you hadn't even heard of the show before tonight, right? No, not at all, Bill. Well, welcome, <laughs> welcome. And then, of course, Sean. Hi. Um, Sean, uh, um, sorry, I'm bogarting the, the mic here. Um, uh, we're breaking quarantine. We're sitting right next to each other. Well, get Sean, your hand did... off my knee. Oh, okay. I thought that was my knee. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I thought that was my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> 
Okay, but why don't we start and uh, we'll we'll go around and each player will tell us the character they are going to be portraying this evening. Why don't we start with Matt? Matt, who who are you playing this evening? I am playing Hermie Woolworth, a half elf sorcerer. I grew up in a family of toy makers, but I wanted something more in life. Uh, my family found out and they banished me but uh they've come around so i'm heading home for a winter festival thank you matt uh that's that's uh some tough news for the holidays perhaps a little holiday miracle will happen to bring joy to his heart uh tim you're up i'm gonna be playing fisma uh fisma hole and he's a <laughs> level <laughs> he's a tiefling monk uh who's a confused old man <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare thanks tim <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> with all the racism and misogyny that's implied by the age <laughs> <laughs> i've been warned um, we've uh been we were warned also... about you <laughs> all right kumar uh who will you be bringing to life this evening i will be flint greenschist a Lakeshore Dwarf, who happens to be a ranger, a rarity in any of our podcasts. We don't have any rangers, I don't think. Allie's Ever. a ranger. Who? Who? <laughs> 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 oh, my Jesus. Okay. Off to a a swell start, everybody. (laughs) This is what you get for hitting the bottle early. (laughs) Sean, uh, his his character will be revealed as we we go along, so we won't spoil that. And so, newcomer Kate, who will you be playing this evening? Uh, I will be playing Noir. I'm a playing and a fighter, and I don't have a backstory. (laughs) <laughs> Perfectly okay. Maybe this will become your backstory, this quest here. All right. Well, without further ado, let me pull up my notes. Okay. Let me set the scene for you all. What's the scene? The scene is you're in a caravan traveling, and a terrible storm approaches from where you came. It becomes dark very quickly. Dark as night. The horses are spooked. The wind is freezing cold and powerful. Your clothes catch the wind like sails, roughly shoving you down the road. The thunder and lightning set in, followed by sleet and hail. Visibility drops to the point where you can barely see the road. You and a small group of fellow travelers get separated from the larger caravan. This has become dangerous very, very quickly. You must seek shelter. Ahead, you see a flickering of lights. It may be an inn. The storm consuming you. There's no choice but to go towards the light. You approach a fenced courtyard with an iron gate that is latched shut but not locked. Beyond, you see an old but sturdy manor house. The hearth fires must be burning as the lights you saw from afar are indeed coming from the frosted windows beneath four folksy gables. The doors, adorned with a withered bow and a tattered crimson bow, has a large door knocker in the center. Without thinking, you knock on the door. The door opens. At the, Thank you, Mr. Follyman. The door opens. At the end of the vaulted atrium, an elderly noble stands. He is wrapped in a fine cloak with frayed edges and is carrying an unusually large cane. Old tapestries line the walls depicting fine knights and ladies, soldiers marching, and great feasting. They also showcase a fine collection of dust. An ornate wooden box, narrow and tall, stands against the far wall of the atrium. Within the box are mechanisms and numbers arranged in a circle, with two arrows pointing to separate numbers. You've never seen anything like it! The noble's long arms eloquently emerge from his cloak to invite you in with a fluttering courtly gesture. He's far from handsome, spidery thin, with a face as wrinkled as last year's apple. Good evening! And a very merry evening it is. It has been far too long since I've had guests on the feast day of Spoholi. I am Count Russell, and you have my hospitality. Please enter and be my guest until the storm passes. While my feast may be no feast at all, 
It's a meal by a warm fire, which I hope is reason enough for you to be of good cheer. He beckons you to follow him. You are led into a great hall with a sturdy wooden feasting table surrounded by large ornate chairs, a giant fireplace, which does an excellent job of warming the room, comfortable chairs near the fire, and on the opposite end of the room, an enormous contraption resembling a brightly colored castle. Yes, this hall used with loved ones and friends, especially on the feast of Spoholi, but that was many years ago before the incident. But listen to me, Gab. Let me prepare our feast. The Baron exits the hall. You take a moment to examine your company. Perhaps this would be a good moment to introduce yourselves to each other, as you had little opportunity on the road. You decide that you will tell the others your name and where you were traveling to when you joined the caravan. My name's Janet Snakehole, and I'm a widow with a terrible secret. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where do you come from? Wait a second. That that was a joke. Please continue. Oh god damn it! <laughs> Take note, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is what we're gonna do. We're just we're just gonna prompt you guys, and uh, you can have an action. You can choose to introduce yourself. You can do whatever you want, but just kind of do a, a a quick order here. So I'm gonna start with Flint Kumar. Uh, what do you do? You're in this great hall, uh, and you're waiting for your meal. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, while sniffing the air, trying to get uh, get an idea of, as to you know what what's going to be served to us for uh, dinner or whatever, uh, I introduce myself to everyone. Uh, hey, all! I'm uh, I'm Flint Greenschist. Uh, I'm known for making some of the best stews you know in all the lands. You know, I just wander here in the scrublands, you know, in between the cities making sure people take care of, you know. As you sniff the air, Flint, you smell a, you smell a savory stew uh, with all the spices that you like to add to your stews. So you know you're in for a good meal. All right, Hermie, what are you doing? Oh, yes. That's my name. <laughs> uh, I wish to uh, examine the castle. Um, coming from a toy maker's family, I'm intrigued by other people's crafts. Sure. Uh, the contraption is a miniature fortress made of candy sweets and clockwork machinery. Indeed, upon closer inspection, it seems that much of the structure is edible. The largest tower in the fortress is actually another device, like the one you saw in the atrium of the house. It is twice as large and made from sturdy wood metals, colored to match the reds, greens, golds, and whites of ornate display. Tiny wood soldiers stand on the walls while candy people go about their business in the small village inside. At the highest balcony of, ta- of the tower, below the round device, stands a tiny plump queen. How intricate. I, I think this candy would uh, make a fine dessert. Uh, Noir, what would you like to do in the hall? Um, I will introduce myself as well. Um, that's it. <laughs> Would you like to try to introduce yourself as Noir? Oh, um, hello, everyone. Can, can, we, can we speak to Noir now? <laughs> <laughs> hello, everyone. I'm Noir. Hey, Noir. Where are you headed before you were caught in this storm? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, I see. Just another wanderer like the rest of us. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, Fisma, you're up. <clears throat> All right. So I go to and sit at the head of the table. Um because naturally, I'm the most important person in the room. And I put my hooves up on the table and say, the name's Fisma. Why? I've been traveling these roads for about 19, 20 years, I'd say. And this is the worst storm we've ever had. Why? I forgot where I was going with this. Where's the food? Real talk. Just wondering. Fisma. Do you wear an onion on your belt like the style of the time? Why, yes, I did. Until one of them halflings you read about in the town criers stole it from me. They got sticky fingers, those halflings. You shouldn't trust them. They're small fingers. That's why I only wear a loincloth. Nothing else. And just to be clear for the rest of the players, uh, since Sean isn't actually present there in any form, um, that is Fisma responding to a question that was never actually asked. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe I should just describe myself. So I'm, I'm a really old tiefling, like really old. And I've got one of my, I've got ram's horns, but one of them's broken. And I only wear a loincloth. <laughs> Nothing else. So you look like the old hormone monster from Big Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, guess we could, I, I guess mean... we could tell who watches that show. <laughs> Hey Fismo. <laughs> hey Fismo, if you don't mind answering, uh, what happened to that uh, horn of yours? Why? It was maybe 19, 20 years ago on a road just like this with a bunch of adventurers just like this. I got into a tangle with Bigfoot. See, Bigfoot and I were sitting down for our, uh, see, that's why I'm traveling this road is to, to find my friend Bigfoot. See, we were playing chess, which was uh, the style of the time. And I sit down and I start with the, uh, you know, the Queen's Gambit. You know, broads are doing all kinds of things nowadays. Why, back when I was a young lad, you never see any of them traveling by themselves. If the DM wants to stop him at any time, please do. <laughs> I leave that to the players, uh, but the Baron returns with loaves of bread, hearty stew, and sweet-tasting mead. You converse pleasantly over the course of your meal. It was many years ago on this very night. Snow was falling gently on the streets, and people were hurrying home, for it was the Feast of Spaholi. And people were hurrying home with their arms filled with gaily wrapped boxes from toy smiths, candy smiths, and yeast smiths. I was hosting a magnificent feast, as was tradition. My entire family was invited, including my young niece, Lara. Oh, what fun we had. There was the most magnificent spaholi tree in the whole world lit by hundreds of tiny candles that twinkled like little stars. Hanging invitingly from the fragrant green branches were all sorts of delicious things to eat. Sugar plums, pink and yellow bonbons, star-shaped cookies, peppermint kings, chocolate soldiers, and marzipan ladies and gentlemen. The Baron smiles and gives a low, gratuitous bow. As he slowly rises, his, he, his face grimaces as his hand braces his back. Ugh! But that night, Lara disappeared, and with her, all the joy of the seasons to come. If what only a fucking I knew, simp. Yeah, she's probably dead by now. <laughs> if only I knew what became of her, what would I not give to have her back? Ah, but it's getting late. Oh, one last tradition to share. The Baron exits excitedly. Count Russell comes back with a large bowl of hard-shelled hard nuts and places them on the table. Flashing a mischievous smile, he exits, but quickly returns with something from the other room. It was a little man made out of wood. His legs are too short, and his head is too large, and he has a short and narrow cape that hangs down from the back. He's dressed in the uniform of a military officer of high rank, with a helm and shield to match, and shiny black boots. He belongs to the old and respected Nutcracker family. He pops a nut into the little man's mouth and pulls the wooden cape down and knack, knack, knack. Count Russell's nutcracker produces a neatly cracked shell and whole nut kernel. I will leave the nutcracker in your special care. Unfortunately, the other bedchambers are cold and damp. I no longer retain any servants to warm the whole manor. You better bed in the great hall here. I see you have bedrolls. I trust you will be comfortable. Good night. After your arduous journey and hearty meal, you'll feel you feel yourselves being overcome with tired sleep. It's all you can do to arrange your bedrolls before sleep overtakes you. And that's the end of part one. At the beginning of this next part, I'm going to uh, introduce a narrator uh, to kind of set the mood here. So just in case you don't understand what's happening, I'm just going to preface that. So wait, so it's it's not going to be a Christmas orgy. Uh, Sean, you know, I let you know a little bit about what was going to happen and you have to go and spoil it all. <laughs> it's about to say. All right. He hasn't given us a right. role play yet. 
<laughs> yeah, guys, that was all the cutscene. That was like the annoying part of the game where you can't like just hit start or select or A or whatever and get the fuck through it. Uh, that's what that was. So now we're we're starting to get to it here. But if, but first, one last cutscene. The feast of Spaholi was saved by the kindness of a stranger, welcoming you in during the storm. Yes, it's this time of the year that joy is celebrated on high. A special trip down the road can have unexpected safe harbors and strange new discoveries. Later that night, the big clock from the Candy Fortress starts to wheeze and whir, and then poom poom goes the clock, striking 12... Oh, that device was a clock. I probably... Nobody... Anyway. Okay. Striking 12 hoarse and hollow notes. Rossell, appearing, sitting above the toy fortress exclaims, clocks, clocks, clocks. Whir, whir, whir. The king of mice hears this purr. Poom, poom, poom. Strike his hour of doom. Bells go chime. Ring the faded time. Time, time, time. You're transported into another world. A world you have never seen. You begin spinning through space, around and around, and then, in a flash like lightning, you find yourself in the snow-dusted landscape with the candy clockwork castle afar in the distance, except now it is to life-sized dimensions. Suddenly, you hear the most extraordinary squeaking and squeakings and scamperings and glittering, and the king of mice appears, flashing a sword and glaring at you with not two, not four, but 14 eyes, for he has seven hideous heads, each with a tiny gold crown. Seven heads. That's yes. too many. Thank you. Thank, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> correct. It's good, supposed good to be. Um, yeah, it's 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 intimidating. Is anyway. Um, give me your sugar plums, your bonbons, your candy canes, or I'll chew you all up. From the darkness, an army of mice surrounds you. Five mice break away from the pack and attack. While the rest jeer and taunt you. Okay, everybody, roll initiative. Oh, snap. I think I need to add you to the turn order here. Katie's already in there. Uh, Katie, if you remember, uh, go ahead and roll your initiative again and uh, get it into the, the tracker there. Oh, I just, do I need to click on any, any, because I don't have, do I have a character icon on roll 20 or? Oh, that, that's right. Uh, so if your character isn't on roll 20, you got to use the die roller. Um, got it. Okay. So add just add. Yeah, just remember to add your initiative bonus. Seven heads is still too many. Ooh, 22. Better than one. Am I right? High five. Up top. <laughs> Why isn't... Ah, oh, shoot. Technical difficulties here. Roll 20 is not cooperating with me. Phil the mouse needs his initiative. And it looks like Katie crashed. Uh-oh. I'm back. Hey! Hey! Technology! Which, Christmas miracle. <laughs> which, as a reminder, we are we are recording in like six different households. So, eh. <laughs> okay, there, Fisma. It looks like you are at the top of the turn order. So, you have been transported into a magical land. You're suddenly surrounded by an army of mice, and now five of them are attacking you. What do you do? Oh, the mice are attacking us. Oh, okay. yes. Okay, um, I <clears throat> immediately punch the closest one in the face. <laughs> Diplomacy, right. fuck yeah. And I yell uh, out, take this, you rat bastard. <laughs> right, roll them, my friend. Okay. <laughs> so that's 11 plus my dex, which is three, puts me at 14. 14, you hit uh, the closest one to you, who is the small mouse. Uh, roll for damage. Nice. And I want to use my um, a key point to follow up with Flurry of Blows. Do you need me to uh, read what Flurry of Blows is? Uh, is it just like another attack? Or, uh, yeah, I guess read it. <laughs> Immediately after you take the attack action on your turn, you can spend one key point to make two unarmed strikes as a bonus action. Okay. And so um, that's going to be three D4s then. Um, am I adding... I always forget, for damage, am I adding dex, or do I not add dex to damage? Uh, I don't think you add dex to damage, no. Okay. So my unarmed strikes are d4, so I'm doing the initial d4 is one punch, and then the I'm going to kick, and then I'm also going to follow up with a knee, so three d4 all together, spending one key point, doing seven damage. Is that the total damage? 
total damage seven. All right. Um, you uh, unleash your flurry of bows, blows upon the small mouse, and the mouse does like one of those like you know stumbling backs that you see in action movies all the time, where his hands are waving and you can see the powder <laughs> like like coming off his chest. Okay. Uh, now the largest mouse uh, attacks KT's character. Okay. Um, he comes at you with his with a bite and hits you and sinks his teeth into your arm, doing six damage. Oh. And I'll track your hit points. So now you're down to 23 remaining hit points. All right. Now it's the smallest mouse. The smallest mouse attacks Kumar. I'm sorry. Flint and hits, sinking his teeth into your leg, doing two damage. Owie! And now Phil the mouse attacks Hermie. But Hermie, uh, what kind of armor are you wearing? You carry a shield? What, what, what's uh, your deal? I just have uh, elfin armor. Okay. His, his teeth are not able to penetrate the elfin armor. All right. Noir, it is now your turn to act. Uh, so you can um, you can take uh, uh, an action, which would be like attack, uh, and you can move, I think essentially is what it is. And you can do those in either order. And there's also things called like bonus actions that don't cost like any movement or action points where like you could say, oh, I look around and then I would like describe the scene for you. Or like you take something out of your pocket that won't burn up an action. Uh, so, um, yeah, what would you like to do? Sorry, the mic or the sound cut off. When you're explaining all of that. Oh, okay. okay. Well, do you want to punch something? Do you want to do something? Do you want to look around? Do you want to pull out an item? Or do you just want to do around and like dance around in a circle? I mean, all our options. I'll yeah. One of something. What was that? I will punch something. All right. Okay. The closest thing to you is the largest mouse. Uh, if you want to. P- if you want to hit him with something, uh, you can go to your character sheet and uh, click on the weapon you want to use. I hit him with my stick. Ooh. Ooh okay, so you rolled a critical fail. Uh, that's uh, what that red means. Come on, Katie. It, yeah, rolled a one. Oh, uh, sh- shoot. <laughs> Great so... introduction to the, to the game. <laughs> yes, the All first right, roll you... she does is a fail. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right, <laughs> so, so it's all up from here. <laughs> <laughs> that's very that's very glass half full of you, Kumar. Thank you. <laughs> well, my glass is half full, so. <laughs> all right, you swing. You 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 take your whacking stick, which is like a big staff, right? Is that what it is, Sean or Katie? Or... I mean, it's just like a trident-sized stick. Oh. So does it have like the three prong pointy things at the end or? I don't know. Does it, Katie? Sure. That would be cool. All right. Whacking stick, aka sort of like a trident. You 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 thrust it into the air and swing it around your head, intending to hit the largest mouse, but it connects with something else. Uh roll damage. Roll damage. Uh, yeah, so just click on the the name of the weapon in the chat box. Okay. It connects with the side of Flint's head doing six damage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now, the attractive mouse who arouses feelings in you, you don't understand. <laughs> I love how you name your like. Usually, when I do monsters, I'm like, "This is Goblin One, this is Goblin Two. But you be creative with you like the very handsome, quick dashing, some say audacious mouse. I create entire backstories. I mean, you don't you, you, you don't want to hear about what I don't. You don't want to hear about what happened to this mouse in high school. It's it's really tragic. You probably wouldn't even like try to kill him if you knew. But anyway, he's tried to kill you. Oh. What was that? Did he go to as well? Uh, whereas he went and uh, Nobody right. knows that. 
<laughs> Shoot. Thanks, Sean. Sean said that has more experience being the DM. Uh, okay. All right. So he's going to attack uh, Fisma. Uh, Fisma. Bring it on, you he, red ass bitch. He bites you on the face. Oh, fuck. Uh, doing uh, six damage. Oh, motherfucker. All right. Damn, these mice are fucking you guys up. All right. This, this is going to uh, be a great. This is going to be in a great episode to edit because you guys are going to die in the first scene. This is great. <laughs> well, Bill, we, we were supposed to do the, the like, you roll four D6s and then you drop the lowest one. You add those together and that's one of the the points, right? Did uh, I do that right? Or did I do that right? Wrong? So, like, you roll four, uh, four, you roll four D6s. D6s and you uh-huh. drop the lowest roll, and then that's uh-huh. one of your attributes. Yeah, and you do that six times okay. for all your attributes, and then you arrange them. Got it. Okay. Well, that's why my my <laughs> I rolled really shittily. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume the game is calibrated for that. So, uh, but this is supposed to be an easy fight. Uh, let's just see how it goes. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> It's fine. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> it's just going to be Sean talking to himself for two hours. <laughs> You're going to hear me say, okay, Fisma, you take... S-, and then Sean just cuts in four damage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the smelly mouse is going to attack um, the character with the most hit points, which is Flint. Uh-oh. Jumanji yeah. rules. He-, he hits. And I'm rolling really good, too. So that's part of the problem. Uh, he does two damage. Uh, Once again. Yes. And now your arm smells really bad because that was the smelly mouse. Hey, Hermie, it is now your turn. Okay. Uh, I wish to cast Minor Illusion, and I, I wish to cast the a five-foot cube of cheese, hoping that oh. it attracts our mice foes. Uh, can I use persuasion to try and lure them to the cheese? Uh, maybe on your next turn. I think uh, I think the casting consumes your action. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, very clever. Flint, your turn. All right. Uh, I would like to take my short sword and just violently stab at the ground towards the nearest uh, mouse or rat creature okay you stab violently at the small mouse uh, go ahead and attack dex uh, plus proficiency and roll 15 that's hit awesome. roll damage that is 1d6 uh, un- once again no modifiers added to Hit rolls or attacks. Um, I'm sorry, I, I, damage. The damage. Think, I don't think so. Um, Sean, Tim, other DMs, right? Wait, what's up? Sorry. I got uh, the book here, roll. Bill. I, okay. I got the book. I'll, I'll look it up. Give me, give me a couple minutes. Because so, I think, I think, the way we usually play, we do add it, but I think that's wrong. I think the actual rules are you don't add that but g- give me a couple minutes to look it up okay he's gonna look it up but go ahead and roll uh, your damage kumar and we're we're not gonna add the the bonus to it all right this time uh regular d6 five uh, i rolled okay. a five nice all right you lock the small mouse's head off and Excellent. that kills it <laughs> okay fisma it is now your turn uh, Fisma? Oh, Fisma. Was oh, looking... I'm sorry. I, I took off my headset to grab the book. What is my turn? Yeah. Um, I want to look around. Well, not as a turn, but how how many mice are we taking on at this point? Uh, there are. So you're surrounded by a giant army of mice, but three of them oh. are are like the guy, the mice with the big balls that are like, we could take these chumps. You guys just sit back and let us handle this. Okay. So right now, only three are attacking you. How how close are they to where I'm standing? Are they all within a um, let me see, ten feet of me? Uh, just the uh, yes, they are. They are okay. So I want to cast Arms of the Astral Self, 
which allows me to summon my astral projected arms and um oh wait no that's a bonus action so i want to run up and punch one of them first no i want to slash with my i'm sorry let me start over i want to slash one of them with my kusiari gamma and then use my arms of the astral self um as a bonus action which when you do so each creature of your choice that you can see within 10 feet of you must succeed on a dex saving throw or take force damage equal to two rolls of your martial arts die okay they got to save against what i'm sorry um on a dex saving throw okay um all right let's do it let's let's see what happens okay so, but I first want to attack with my Kusarigama. So I'm going to first swing with that, the sickle isn't, portion of that. Isn't that like one of those digital pets? <laughs> <laughs> my Tamagotchi. I, I swipe with my Tamagotchi. And <laughs> oh, 20. Ooh, okay. Oh, man. Uh, so that's then you were just attacking the nearest one? Yeah, just with that with the the sickle and then the bonus action is the arm thing so the that's 1d6 slashing so let me roll a d6 thanks d6 let me double check because i i talked to you about that last night yeah yeah 1d6 okay okay so uh oh you're gonna roll that okay yeah oh so double man. damage yeah nice so, roll so six so 12 and then i want to cast arms of the astral self uh, so they all need to make a dex saving throw. Okay, against what? What, are, what do they need to beat? Um, it does not say. If I, Tim, double check, but if I have to assume, it would be 8 plus whatever you're using to cast arms. The oh, is that that? Okay, I'm sorry. Let me check. That would be. I, I told you to know this character, this class, uh, even if you were drunk, and you have failed. <laughs> oh come on! That's it's not that I don't know the characters. I don't know the fundamentals of the game. There's a well, difference. Bill. <laughs> Bill, you have placed trust in your players, which is the DM mistake number one. Oh okay. I yeah. mean, I'll take your word for it. I don't yeah. know what I'm looking for. <laughs> Am I looking yeah, for hit dice? Okay, I rule oh, no, that... saving throws. Saving throws is strength or dex, but this one is, um, this is a wisdom. Yeah, okay, I mean, so it's, it's a wisdom. Throw... So no, no, take... it's a dex saving throw. What am I talking about? Uh, I don't know. What do you? Okay, whatever you skill you use to cast the spell, which I'm assuming is is uh -huh. what is is wisdom. Is that it? What, the yeah, attribute? we'll say wisdom. Okay, yeah. and so it's eight plus whatever your wisdom modifier is, which is one. So one. nine. All right, so they have to beat nine. Okay. Uh, so, all right, uh, where's my 20-sided die? There it is. Okay. All right. Uh, the largest mouse beats it. Um, and uh, the small – no, Phil the mouse does not beat it. Okay. So, so he takes so, – sorry, go ahead. So this is like an uh, like a disembodied arm, just like bitch slapping. Yeah, him, basically. No, it's okay. it's like uh, spectral arms are sprouting from my shoulders at the same time. Okay, got it. So like I've got a bunch of arms grow, like shiny spectral arms are out flailing, hitting uh, people like in the face. Spectral as in ghostly, or yes, spectral okay. as in ghost. Okay, roll so for damage. It... Yeah, sorry. Okay, so it's. Two, two D4. Okay. So uh, you approach the attractive mouse. He's got his back turned to you. And you swing with your weapon. And the astral arms project from your shoulders to go out towards the other uh, mice. And as you're focusing on channeling that spell, the attractive mouse hears the weapon coming and looks over his shoulder. His unusually long mouse hair flaps in the breeze and the the light of the moon catches his eye and glints and you see his eyes and it's like you're seeing into your own soul <laughs> but you're so focused on the astral arms you're unable to stop the swing of your weapon even though you know this mouse might be the most beautiful creature you have ever seen and so the weapon connects, just obliterating his skull. And, <laughs> and the attractive mouse lies dead. 
Well, maybe he just wanted to break something beautiful. Yeah, he ain't pretty no more. <laughs> no, I have a I have a single tear rolling down my cheek. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the, uh, the spectral arm slaps Phil the mouse hard across the face, and Phil goes, "Hey!" <laughs> All right, uh, the largest mouse um, attacks. Who does he attack? He attacks Noir. What the shit? He already attacked me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, Noir lunges at you, but you're able to side... Or, wait, no. Noir <laughs> doesn't lunge at Noir. Uh, the large mouse lunges at Noir, but Noir deftly dodges out of the way. Phil the mouse uh, attacks Flint. Son of a bitch. And... Uh, Flint, uh, what kind of defenses do you have? Uh, I have what's uh, called scale armor. So I'm, yeah, I, it's uh, my AC is fourteen. And then what's your weapon? Uh, I have I can dual wield uh, two short swords or a longbow or unarmed strikes. Got it. Okay. Um, so he the. Uh, he, yeah, he, he bites at you, but he's not able to penetrate your scale mail. Noir, it is your turn. Okay. What do I do? Uh, well, you the attractive mouse is dead, so there's the largest mouse and Phil the mouse that are still attacking. Uh, it looks like, yeah, the large, largest mouse looks undamaged, where Phil the mouse has, uh, has, has some blood trickling from his, his snout. Bill, I, I just read the, the part we do add our ability modifier to weapons, to damage. When attacking with a weapon, I, well, I will send you a picture, Bill. I will send you a picture. I mean, no, you're just, dungeon daddy, so if you, if you don't want to use it that way. But. Just Regardless. forget it, Tim. We'll do it your way, okay? Regardless. I, I'm hey. just saying, dungeon daddy, if you don't want if you don't want to play that way, we don't have to play that way, but that's what the book says. Regardless. I'm a benevolent. <laughs> I am a benevolent dungeon daddy. Yeah. Fuck their shit up. Kill the mouse. I'm going to attack Phil the mouse. Oh, poor Phil. He had a family. (laughs) Yeah. No, fuck him. He he was. He he married his high school sweetheart and everything. No, no. Phil was an absentee father (laughs) because he hit the bottle too hard. Fuck Phil. Kill him. (laughs) <laughs> hey, but he got himself a steady job. He cleaned up in the last couple of years. Uh, go ahead and roll uh, for attack, uh, Noir. Okay. You so... try making an effort when you have 500 children. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't... How do I roll? Do I just hit the thing I want to use? Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, hit him with my whack and stick again. All right. You oh, hit. So go ahead and click on the name again in the chat box for damage. Well, and that does that. That probably isn't including the. Um, is well, that including I mean, roll twenty the... automatically includes everything. Oh, yeah, it looks right. like it does. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say proficiency, but never mind. I'll shut my mouth. All right, um, you crack, fill the mouse across the face with your trident whacking stick and uh, he flips in the air and then gets up and snarls at you oh all right uh hermy it's your turn so none of the mice took the bait shoot i might have forgot about that uh so that the mice (laughs) the mice that are surrounding you have have devoured have started to devour the cube of of cheese, but the two that are fighting you uh, have remained focused on you. Ah, okay. Well, that didn't work. Uh, and there's only large mouse and Phil left. Uh, only uh, uh, the large, yeah, the largest mouse and Phil the mouse. Uh, I will use ray of frost. I don't think you need to. It's just a one d eight. Oh no, I do have to roll for it. Never mind. And I will do it towards the closest mouse. All right, that's a hit. For four damage. 
And he okay, also the closest... sorry, he also reduces his speed by ten feet since he's frozen. All right. Which is a moot point because Phil the mouse becomes frozen and then shatters into a million pieces, just like his heart did the day his wife died. And that's why he can't take care of his kids, because he can't bring himself to look into their faces and see the wife of his see the face of his late wife. You see? Okay. <laughs> it's called empathy, Sean. You might want to look into it. Jeez. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Flint, it's it's your turn. Flint, uh, are Sorry, you getting pizza? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not ordering a pizza. Uh, there's only one mouse left, the large one. Yeah, the largest mouse. Uh, as largest. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to do a unarmed strike, and I'm going to try and stomp that motherfucker. Do it. Okay, d20 plus proficiency and strength. And that's Ooh, a hit. Nice. 21. 21. And that is uh, just four bludgeoning damage. All right. All right. You, um, you stomp down on the largest mouse spine, but he is rather large, and so you can't get really good leverage. But it seems to have had an effect on him um, as he goes, ow! All right, Fisma, it is now your turn. So there's just the, uh, is there one left or two left? Uh, just the just the one, the largest mouse. Okay. So I take my, um, <clears throat> actually, I use one of my astral arms to, uh, actually, no, I just want to use my weapon. So I'm going to, I'm going to use, I'm going to spin around the, the weighted end of the Kusari Gama and launch it towards its face. Okay. So let me roll my d20. Add my dex, which is threes. Um, am I proficient in this weapon? Uh, what's your dex bonus? My dex is three. Okay, you you you've hit, and yeah, you okay. if you're using it, let's just say you're proficient too, so you can add. Okay, that. so two, so that's going to be one d eight because I'm using the blunt end of this. Um, okay, you do one d eight plus my decks again so that'd be an eight overall all right so you, or, or are we playing the are, are we playing to add the modifier or no uh it doesn't matter at this point because you've killed it okay uh, so uh yeah and we will we will add the modifier from here on um so you kill it do you want to describe the scene for us um yes so i take my kusarigama and i start spinning the chain and on with the the weighted is the end is a it's not actually I didn't ask if I could do this but I'm gonna just throw it in the end is actually a small marble statue of a baby's head <laughs> and I, as if it, it was cracked off a statue and attached to the end of this and so I swing it around and Fuck I you, launch Tim. it towards the mouse straight between the eyes. Fuck you, Tim, and you know why. <laughs> and I, I, I yell, "Kiss from a rose." <laughs> so I fling it for some reason. How many references can you throw in that only we understand? Nobody else gets. Everybody that. knows "Kiss from a rose" on a gray. All right, everybody knows that shit. So don't even give me the uh, the baby head. That's from another campaign that nobody but me, you, and Kubar, who probably wasn't paying attention, knows. Everybody, <laughs> that's for me, Sean. Kiss from the Rose from the Grays from anybody that likes good music. That's for everybody else. A little for me and a lot for everybody else. Anyways, it hits it straight between the eyes. And kills it. And kills it. Okay. Uh, let's, or or let's can, take... I, can I say out of the mouth of babes instead? Or is it too late? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do, do a take. All right. Take a breath and then do a take if you could. <laughs> okay. So I spin it around the baby's head. I launch it to it as it's flying through the air. I say, out of the mouth of babes, in a old man voice, which I forgot to do the accent for. But, okay, and it take, nails take, it straight. Take. <laughs> nails it straight. No, you know, no. Everybody else, everybody else, 
Take Everybody five. else, take five. Be back at ten thirty. Uh, Tim's going to do this take about four or five times, uh, like, and then and then we'll continue. And no, but seriously, guys, take take five minutes. We'll be back at ten thirty. Okay. Okie dokie. Doki doki. What? I said okie dokie. <laughs> All right. I might as well go try to use the the little DMs room. That's not. Yeah, I can hear Rachel. Rachel. Hi, I thought I heard your voice. Yeah. Hey, how are you? I'm good. You're now officially on the podcast. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. I mean, if you ever listen to us, you probably wouldn't be saying that. Um, I have listened to you, and that's why I'm saying that. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's not good. Um, Isn't that the point of a podcast? Is to have people listen to it? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yes. Yeah. Hey, man, you've heard what I come up with at board game night. Okay, that's that's fair. (laughs) You know what's quietly in my head. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. So how's it going? Is it magical and Christmassy? Um... So far, yes. Um, Everybody just came in for the equivalent of Christmas in this world, and they got transported in a fever dream to uh, a new dimension where they're being attacked by mice. That, I mean, does anything else scream Christmas more than, like, getting transported somewhere else, being attacked by mice? I mean, that's how I spent Christmas growing up. Me too. I mean, I guess I kind of thought that was like an Illinois thing, but I don't know. Maybe it's more universal than that. Well, you keep in mind, I, I grew up in Illinois as well, so. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I thought maybe it was more like, you know, familiar to like our growing up, but. I don't know. But I was used to small mice running across me in the living room <laughs> waiting for Christmas. <laughs> Shout out to mom and dad, by the way. (laughs) I'm not cutting this. I'm including this in the podcast, just so you know. I'm really glad. I'm really glad. (laughs) I'm trying to think if we ever had any. I mean, we actually, because I um, live right on a forest preserve growing up. So we had like deer and fox. Didn't really have mice running across us. Okay, real talk. And this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Deer are fucking pests. What? They are. They're so pretty. They're pretty, but they're pests. Okay, like... so here's here's the thing, okay? Okay. Okay, so as someone who grew up in the suburbs next to a forest preserve, you spend most of your childhood afraid that someone's going to come out of the forest and murder you? Stay tuned for part two, coming very soon. <laughs>